Coming up in this episode of the Super Pesis Roundup podcast, we take a look at all the latest news and goings-on, including some incredible milestones. We also delve into the power rankings and fantasy Pesis before taking a trip out west to conclude our reviews and previews for this season. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pesis Roundup podcast. And welcome to episode 16 of the Super Pesis Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Ian Alba, and joining me from across the pond is my friend, Ron Bronson. Ron, how are you doing? Doing great. Good to be back. And our resident coach and guru on all things Pesapalo, and indeed on many sports, um, it's my friend, it's Mikko Pirhonen. Mikko, how are you doing? I'm good. It's... Uh... Starting really, really starting to feel like summer in Finland is uh, the temperatures are like uh, somewhere around plus thirty Celsius and are gonna stay that way for the next week or so. It's, so it's like uh, so it's really, really feeling like summer over here. Well, I think we've had our summer. It lasted for two days or so, and, yeah. and, and that's it. It's just starting to be a bit cloudy, a bit a bit cold now. Um, but yeah, there's the big sporting calendar at the moment. Obviously, the Euros are on. Um, it, it means means a lot to um, football fans. I'm a big Scotland fan, so the game the other night was incredibly nerve wracking. Um, Ron, I don't know if you're um, you're into uh, soccer much. I mean, you know, so I mean, uh, I've obviously watched all the Finland games because uh, it's, it's kind of, I'm on board now. So I've watched a couple games, but I'm not like with this quiz. Well, we'll we'll shift away um, from football uh, now and 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 talk about the uh, the real issues, um, and that's Pasquale. So um, we've had quite a few things happening in the news. One of the biggest stories, um, rather unexpectedly, was we've already got a named player for the East and West game. Tony Corbynon. No surprises with that. But what is a big surprise is that actually he's going to be picking his teammates for the East team. Um, Mika, what do you think about that move? Well, all of this time that I've known about this, I I, I think it's been, and like the more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me. I think it's an excellent move. It's a way to move this game forward. It's a way to move this... Uh, thinking about this game forward, I, I would say that the people in Finland are like divided, maybe 90% for it and maybe 10%, 20%, somewhere around that, like against it, because it's, it is against the traditions, because it's the first time in the almost 100 year history that, that it's been done that an active player 
gets to choose. But uh, I know that the thinking is there's there's two reasons behind it. First, first and foremost, it it is a move to honor an extraordinary career, which uh, I don't know if we're gonna see another one like that. But uh, and the second one is maybe to move the thinking towards something like uh, uh, that we have, for example, in the in the NHL. NHL All-Star Game and and the other uh, North American uh, pro sports that one idea is to choose the captains who would then choose the teams. So that could be one way to go in the future. But but I think it's a fresh idea. It's a good idea. And uh, yeah, that career deserves all the accolades that are coming his way. Well, there's not many things that Tony Cohonen doesn't have to his name in terms of accolades. He's um, he, he's just Mister Persepolo, as far as I'm concerned. He, he's he's ticking the boxes in every um, statistics category within the top ten of all time. I mean, it's an incredible career that he's had, and still is having um, as an active player. I was thinking about this, and and to be honest with you, I can't think of anybody who's got more East-West experience as coach or player, living or, or not, uh, than Tony Cohen. And so having him pick the team, he's probably in a better position than anybody else. W- what do you think about that, Ron? I mean, it, like, I can't really echo much more than what Nico said, um, obviously. I mean, I think realistically, I mean, he's still Tony Cohen, right? Like, And I'm sure, you know, like, if it was the, the committee picking. I think my thing is, is like, because he's, you know, playing a different position and he's later in his career, I don't know that, if they had none of this way, that he makes the team like on his own, like at, at you know, like like score, like you know, ta- like a statistical merit. So I think you kind of had to like. And since last year, everyone got robbed of East West, and he would have made it last year. I think that like I think it was a good solution for that alone. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, I think so. Anyway, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say other than that. That I think that obviously, certainly here we do this kind of thing in the states all the time. Totally a normal thing to do. Um, and the honorary, we'd have a commissioner pick it. Like, like it would have happened. This is the kind of thing that would have happened here. So as an American fan, I certainly think it's a, a well-deserved honor. Like you said, and I like what you said, that there's no one living or living or dead who, who probably has, who's got more experience. This is 23rd uh, All-Star game. There's just nobody that's, you know, like, I mean, especially a spectator that's seen more games than he has. But he's been on the field for them. That's totally different. So um, well-deserved. Very excited to, to, to see it. Um, in person. So really excited for that. Yeah. And uh, I just want to mention one more thing that actually kind of links up to what we mentioned earlier, that since we are in this kind of a window where uh, like all the other sports are fighting for the media coverage over here in Finland, uh, this move alone got us more like media time as a sport than any game in the, like the, season so far so it's it should be like that alone would like be enough for me to like justify the move and then then it's an exhibition game it's a serious exhibition game but it's an all-star game it's not like we're like appointing him the national team coach or anything like that so it's like so the way he put it was that he said that he's gonna uh, he's gonna pick a team that uh, has the firepower to score 
as many runs as possible, and then he just tries to make them fit on the outfield, which makes for an entertaining game. Well, I've I've seen which teams will be um, competing for the West, and unless it's entirely the Vimpley lineup, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later, um, I think that um, there will be quite a few runs scored against them. We know that obviously there's a very packed sporting calendar this year. You know, Finland made the Euros for the first time. And of course, we've got the Olympics hopefully coming up as well. So having seen all the media at the moment in terms of Pespalo, it's great to see this story breaking and, and really exhibiting the sport. We've also seen a, a couple of um, milestones being broken recently, Ron, by some Vimpoli or former Vimpoli men. So um, probably something for the West to cheer about a little bit more. Um, Mikko Kanala and Henry Paputi um, both reached some significant milestones um, before Makala did as well. So um, were, were you pleased to see uh, them reaching those milestones, Ron? It's great. I think it's great. It's fun to see players, you know, over a long career as someone who's kind of now, you know, over the years watching the sport over the last couple of years, seeing, you know, getting to know some of these guys, seeing them change teams and, you know, eventually and leave. Um, so obviously still appreciate their success. Um, I think that so as an American fan, anytime anybody wins your team a championship and they were like a key member of the team, I don't care where they go after that, you still have a lot of affection and affinity for the player and what they did for your team when they were with you. So, you know, it doesn't matter what they're wearing after that, especially like, you know, some Hopkowski playing um, in that game the other day against Empoli and they won the game. And he's like, yeah, I decided to come out and play today. I was like, oh, of course you did. <laughs> um, but no, really great accomplishment. Uh, the accomplishment, of course, talking about is a uh, 1,000 RBI. Uh, for the career for Miko Kanala, um, really, really big deal. Um, so yeah, really, really cool to see that, and it's a lot. It's a high number um, to think about, given how short the finished season is for the for the American fan listening to this. For a short season to have that many RBI is no small thing. Um, obviously, okay, you get all the pitches, sure, but it's a, it's a really big deal, and uh, so really, really cool to see it and, and a fun accomplishment and. You know, great for him. Great for him to still be productive after all these years because he's a, he's a really important key member of that lineup, you know, even at the stage of his career. Indeed. And another thing to remember when we talk about those statistics is um, the home runs work very, very differently in Pesapalo. So dinging it out the park just simply won't produce the level of RBIs as well. Oh, one other thing about that, since you're, since you're explaining, since you're doing explainers, the other thing to note, I learned this looking at box scores. I did not realize this. Um, um, the other fun fact is, is you don't get an RBI um, for yourself when you hit a home run. So if you, it's like, so if you hit, if you hit a three-run homer, you get the three RBI for the guys on base, but you don't get like at home here, you would get a fourth RBI for yourself when you score home. You don't, you don't get that, and you don't get that in Pace Apollo. So it's also a notable thing, and I actually did not realize that until I looked at the, until I looked at a bunch of box scores, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. So. Also, a fun fact for baseball fans. Yeah, which is why when you when you see it written down on on the statistics pages, it's um, they've got a plus. Yeah. Ha- having said that, of course, um, Henry Paputi reached his milestone with Cornelio <laughs> York's home run um, in their game. So that 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 was a, a significant event to reach that significant milestone in of itself. Um, Mika, what, what what do you want to say about those achievements? Well, I think it just speaks volumes about uh, the direction that the game has gone over the past couple of decades. And uh, I mean, those guys 
obviously have extra extraordinary skills and the threat that they uh, like that they have when when they when they enter to bat it's like it just speaks volumes uh but but i would like to say that uh, janne makela's career is something that is really like close <laughs> close to my heart in a sense that uh the other the other day it was about a week ago that Beretu Hadala, the former uh, teammate of his, wrote an excellent piece about about him being the the most important player for for Vimpeli Beto, uh, while he is not the most important player of Vimpeli Beto. So it's like he's not the most talented hitter we've seen. Over the past couple of decades, he's exactly my age. We played against each other in the like ever since we were like 17, 18 or something like that. We were promoted to Superpasis at the same time in the same game, and we faced each other all the time. and And he was like, uh, yeah, he was good, but he was not like that good. And it was like. There were certain things like off the court. He was not maybe the athlete that the the current like super hitters are, but he he has grown to be like uh, like somebody who performs at his best under pressure. So that's something that for years and years and years people were talking about that he he cannot do it under pre- under pressure. But nowadays he would be like most people would pick him to be one of the five batters uh, if they would have to like pick pick those guys to hit that crucial run under pressure. So it's like my hat goes off to him. We've seen some interesting games over the past couple of weeks. Um, a couple of, of them really caught my eye. Um, what I'd probably call the big clashes between the the serious championship uh, contenders. Um, the first one was Johansu uh, against Sotkamo, and um, I I actually uh, amended a, a post I was writing for the Boltolino website to talk about some of the examples in that game of how Johansu managed to shut down. Sotkamo's offense when they had the bases loaded it it really seemed to be a big deal and there was a lot of energy uh, in that game for for Yoensu for for Sotkamo it just seemed to be almost another game but to see Vili Valiaho playing against his former club and see the frustration on his face when a, a call at third base for example wasn't given as out you know he he really wanted that win uh, and so did the rest of the team. And it wasn't just for the three points. It, it, it meant something. And it, they were putting a marker down, I think, uh, against the team that are, of course, the current champions. Um, I thought it was in- incredible to watch. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Miko, did you uh, catch the game? Yeah, yeah. I was actually there at the stadium. And uh, uh, to, to be honest, I, I felt that it went like both ways, so it it was like this. There's so, so there's so much history between those teams, 
uh, nowadays. And uh, like the electricity was there, it definitely was. And now that we're able to get people on the stands and the like the whole structure of the stadium in Joensuu, it it just uh, it makes the noise sound a lot bigger than it actually is. And now that we're getting uh, like uh, close to a full capacity, it it really felt like something that I haven't heard in two years, like over here in a sports event. So it was that alone was like uh, electrifying and made hair in my arms like stand stand up. And so, but you're right. They 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 put down a marker. It was it was more than three points for them because their defense had been leaking. The outfield had been leaking all the time. And now it was like a big win. And uh, it really had a sense of a playoff game. That's that's how I would put it. Well, if I didn't know any better, I would have been thinking I'd been watching um, the final from a couple of years ago. Uh, it was it was that kind of atmosphere. Um but it, it was really interesting, I think, to see Valiaho going up against his old team. He's obviously done a lot of training with them previously um, when he was pitching for them. And, and having those practice sessions, you, you know the way these batters play, perhaps in a, in a different way to you would if you just studied the videotapes and, and so on and so forth or played against them um, in other circumstances. And... You know, we we all know Ropa Korhonen is uh, an incredible hitter. He he pinpoints where he wants it to go in the ballpark. Um, but to to kind of reduce his effectiveness uh, towards the end of the game, in particular, um, and with that high pressure, I, I thought was was fantastic for you, and so and, and really speaks volumes for where this team wants to be, and 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 can be. And not, as you say, Mika, where where they were um, about a week or so ago, um, when they were struggling against a team like Kempley, and they they were leaking runs in the outfield um, at eleven uh, in a single yak. So it was uh, not the best, but but certainly it was um, it was much better atmosphere, a much better performance, and a thoroughly deserved win as well. Um, Ron, what did you make of the game? Um, I'm going to be a contrarian. No, it was actually, I was, it was fun. It was definitely fun to see, uh, the, the outcome. And, you know, obviously, you know, for, for our, you know, for our fans who are more baseball watchers, I'll say that, the the walk-off home run in Finnish baseball is like way less of a thing than in, um, American baseball where, you know, it's kind of very common. Um, so it was really fun to see that kind of an ending, especially the bottom of an ending. You'll see... If I hit a home run at the top of an inning and it doesn't end the game because they have to go to the bottom, but to see a bottom of the eighth walk off homer like that was that was cool. I really so I enjoyed that part of it for sure. I'll say this though, um, Yance is still in fourth place. Um, Sakamo is not. At the end of the day, like when you just you said you set it up really well. You're like you know Sakamo is another game for them. For Yansu is something else. This is like August. I'd be like, oh man, we're going to the playoffs. I don't know about this. They're gonna ride that wave. Anything's possible. But it's not. It's June, and so so I don't I don't really I don't I just threw three points. Great three point job. But I think Sakamo got on the bus and forgot about it, and or you know they probably got to Sakamo and then they dealt with it and that's it. 
But for them, it's another game. Um, and I think for Yansu, maybe they can ride this wave and go on a win streak. But I think th- that the real test here is like, can they do this again in September when it really matters? Um, I don't know that it, it was great, great high. But if I'm coaching that team, I'm like, okay, well, that was cool. But literally, when you walk out of the stadium, let it go. We got work to do because they still have a lot of work to do. And there are some pretty good teams. You know, we've seen them we'll talk about it. I know, but I guess I just as a as a, you know as a, as, a, as a neutral watcher, I'm like, cool game. But that's it. It's just one cool game, right? But really neat. And like I like I like what Miko said. Like for us not having fans in the stadium or not having full fans in the stadium it was kind of a really nice release moment for fans of the sport. I think if you enjoy the sport, just to see that many fans, to see that kind of playoff atmosphere. So I definitely I definitely love seeing the highlight. I definitely watched it a few times. One of the other games that uh, really caught my eye, uh, as I mentioned earlier, was one of the other uh, sets of championship contenders, and that was KPL and Mansa. Um, I obviously reviewed it as part of the blog anyway, but it was it was an intriguing game. Uh, for me, KPL didn't have the energy in in the first Yakso that they then came out with in the second. It's almost as if they found that extra gear. Everything was just that little bit more intense. And it, I, I, I build it on the blog as a bit of a duel between the two pitchers uh, in many ways. Both um, Yannick Ivipelto and Juha Portimaki are two of the league's best pitchers. And going up against each other was, was clearly a big storyline. Um, but to have them both score um, home runs in the extra inning um really shows the measure not just defensively but offensively um of these two players um one thing that really caught my eye about um Yannick Ivipelto's uh home run was for me i mean t- tell me if you if you think i'm wrong here but i felt that the the outfielder in left field had come in too shallow to try and stop the single run and it just gave that little bit of extra space uh, for the ball to go over their head and out the park. Um, it, it's one of those things you can look back in hindsight, but I know that we talked about uh, this in one of our bonus episodes very early on about the difficult choices that an outfielder has to make. Do you go move yourself slightly for, further forward to try and stop the single run, or are you pegging yourself back to avoid what eventually happened in that case, uh, a bases loaded home run. Um, Miko, you were a former um, outfielder, so you can you can perhaps talk us through that thinking um, in a little bit more detail. W- what did you make of that play? Yeah, well, to put it short, it was, uh, it was a kind of an error of judgment that is not acceptable at that level. And uh, it was just, he just misplaced himself, Tobias Lilia. It was, and nowadays when the role is more like it, that, it, that when when I used to play there, it was more like in, in ice hockey, like defensive defensemen. It's like the, the, the role was to keep the ball within the boundaries. So it's like, if you, if you concede one run every now and then, that's, that's okay. We try not to, but the most important thing is to not concede four. 
and that's like but nowadays it's more like they are they have to be more active they have to be better moving forward just like did the defensemen in in ice hockey have to be better skaters better passers that that kind of stuff but for me the most alarming thing for Monza is that he is one of the most fragile pieces of their puzzle and he he was like a, he was a rookie sensation back in the day but now Tobias Lilia is like he's 25 he's not a kid anymore and he's he's trying to find his place in in one of the top teams of the league and what makes it super interesting for me is that now they are playing Henry Popotti out of position right in front of him who is uh, who is still one of the best if not the best in that particular position in the whole game so after like an error like that I would I would think that he's not going to get many more chances before there's before they start to like tinker a little bit with the lineup maybe more Puputi back into his rightful place and that's like you never know but uh yeah it was a good hit he did it in intent to hit it like Putimaki didn't try to score a home run but it's just one of those hits that uh it it happened to land on the right spot and the outfielder made a made a big error so it's like it should never should never happen but yeah stuff does happen and i think one of the difficulties uh, is really that mansa have the offensive capability to to easily overcome a single run and they did um in their half of the inning so being out of position like that and giving away four has a massive impact on the team psychologically. Um, when Mansa came out, they, they lost a couple of outs fairly, um, fairly routinely uh, in their half of the inning, um, which eventually set up Pultimaki for for his hit um, and what became his his home run um, there, but. Being four and zero down in that position, where the game had been pretty tight throughout, although as I say, I felt that KPL had more energy um, than Mansa in the second yaksa. Um, it, it's really disappointing end for Mansa um, and great for for KPL. Um, what did you make of it, Ron? You know, again. I get I get real nervous about reading into individual games as early in the season. I think that, you know, this is like last year. We had a lot of weird stuff. Last season's fixtures were stranger because of COVID. This year is strange because of COVID. But also we're playing so many games in close succession that I don't know that we can, we can really, like, derive a lot of, for me, a lot. Like, I'm not panicking. If I were a team of one of these other teams, I wouldn't be panicking this early in the season. Your teams are just working out the bugs. A lot of them didn't get, we didn't get the indoor season like we normally get. There were a lot of one-off exhibition games. So teams are really just, this is spring training, which the games count. <laughs> and so, you know, or winter training if you finish, I guess. But like, for us, the weather's better or outside. But the question is going to be, in this next stretch, you know, we get through the mid-summer break, we come back. What's it going to look like in July? Who separates themselves? 
where teams lie in the standings and where they separate themselves. And to me, that's what I'm concerned about. That's what I want to see is the contenders for the pretenders. I think we're already seeing some of that, especially on the women's side. We're definitely seeing that. But but in the men's side, I still think it's a little early for some of these teams. And I want to, it was so many teams, like Miko said, there's so many teams in this level, 15 teams in the top division. Like, I really want to see, uh, you know, what, 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 the, what the next month brings as teams gel, as Miko said, as teams change their lineups, um, make some adjustments, and that'll give me a better indication. I think one game, I mean, you know, one defensive miscue, guys out of position, we're all just figuring it out right now. You're playing three and three games a week and finish baseball. This is absurd. We never do this. So, I mean, I mean, it's great for me, the fan, to be able to watch the games. But I think that for the teams, it's definitely stretching them. So, let's see. Let's see what let's see what the future brings to us, and, and you know, and what we're and what we see in the next couple of weeks. Moving on to our our next item in this section, um, the power rankings that I <coughs> produce. Um. In the first week, Vimpoli were top. They dropped down to seventh uh, last week, um, and, and they're sort of middling in, in this week just gone. The big thing for me was the leap up in the standings and in, in the power rankings of Silinjarvi. Now, we all um, struggled to see how this team would would make um, the points at the outset of this season. And in our preview, we we didn't really have much uh, positive to say other than the fact that the, the team are young, they're entertaining to watch, and, you know, they, they're they scrappy. You know, they, they'll, they'll fight for points. Well, uh, scrappy is one thing, but uh, taking down a team like KPL um, <laughs> in... in KPL's opening game was a massive uh, win for them. And uh, we've seen them go on uh, from there. Their away form has been pretty uh, difficult to watch. Uh, but they also uh, picked up a win against uh, Kite, who, of course, we know have, have struggled with injuries as well. Um, dropped off a bit since, but those two uh, three point wins could prove significant for them at the end of the season, especially if there's a couple of points in it between them uh, and somebody else to stave off automatic relegation. Um, because, of course, relegation's back this year. We didn't have to worry about it last year. Well, several teams are having to worry about it this year, and Silniarvi are definitely one of them. What did you make of their early performance, Miko? Well, I, I think that Ron is, has raised an, like an excellent point uh, twice at this point. So it's like, it's so early that I, I think that the first win against KPL was like, it was a textbook example of somebody just showing up and thinking that it would be enough to get the point, three points. So... So KPL gave away five runs with wild throws. Five in a single game. And that's just, there's nothing else for me to say about that game. And Sipa has, they have, like, they have attacked in a way that few few teams thought that they would. Because they, they just simply don't have the material to do that over a 30-game 
like a regular season. But they have done that and they have been entertaining. But I watched them over this weekend and now now they started to look more like the team that I thought that they would. But their pitcher, Demo Kinnunen, has had a flying start to the season. And he's been one of the main reasons that they have had the, these wins. And you're right. You're absolutely right, Ian, that they can prove to be crucial in that relegation dogfight. But but yeah, I mean, I, I hope that they stay entertaining because that's something that they haven't been. Well, you talk about five wild throws um, from KPL in that game that ended up in, in runs being scored. Do you know how many um, wild throws they gave up last year that ended up in a run for the entire season? I would think that it would be less, like three it was, or four. It was five in total. <laughs> so five okay. in total yeah. for the entire season last year and five given up in a single game. Uh, and as you say, you know, K- KPL just turned up thinking that uh, putting their names on the sign-up sheet was enough for, for the win. Um, and it obviously wasn't. CP came to play. And play they did. Ron, what what do you think of uh, CP's uh, game so far? Some entertaining ones, some less so. Yeah, I think it's like we talked about. One of the things that's fun about teams like this early in the season is you get those, you pick off those wins you're not supposed to get. You go beat a KPL early in the season. And that gives you some motivation. And as a coach, you talk to players and you're like, look, you did this before. You know, it's those players in the lineup who were the top of the lineup going there and getting runs when they, you know, hitting on base. You're able to build on that. So it gives you the building blocks early in the season to be able to, again, later in the season, build, hopefully, hopefully, steal a couple more wins you're not supposed to get. Okay, you get a couple two-point wins here. Okay, no, you grind out, you lose, but you get a point here. It's trying to minimize those, you know, when you look at the standings for past seasons, it's trying to minimize those zeros. Like, how many can we avoid those matches where we don't score any points and we go on a run of those? Because that's those teams that get relegated. That's what happens to them. They go on these crazy runs where they can't, or they wait till later in the season and then it comes together, but it's too late. So being able to be mid-table this early in the season is fantastic for them. If I'm a manager, I'm, I'm happy about that. But now it's, can we build on that? Can we can we stay in playoff contention? Um, and and that, it'll be ready to be seen. But 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 I think that, that I'd be very pleased if I were a fan of this. I'd be very pleased uh, about the early season because it's a good place to be, you know, given where everything is. Another team that has uh, done well in the last week or so um, was Patioki. They started the season without uh, any wins. They lost to Kite, to Mansa, and then even to Campoli at home. But their first win finally came. Uh, against Vimpoli, who were without Pertoruska uh, due to military training uh, that day, allowed Patu to, to play. Um, but it's, it's, it's a significant uh, start for them because they've gone on to beat Koskan Korva. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about how difficult maybe that would have been um, later on. But finally glad to get the monkey off the back, as it were. Finally glad to get a win in the wins column. What do you make of Imiko? Well, I, I think that their game throughout the, like, the first five or six games, and I watched today's game too, has been... <sighs> I mean, their, their outfield has quality, yeah. But in terms of like 
when they try to score runs, it's like I, I almost fall asleep. I mean, it's like there's there's, there's nothing in there. It's like they, they don't concede runs, but they're they're not even close to scoring runs either. And they are so low on confidence that that team and Kite are like they are they are a shadow of what they can be at their best. And that at this point it feels like that that win against Vimpeli is is very much a one-off. But it uh, like that showed that like that they have they have the talent and they have the quality players for sure. But but other than that, I, I it's just they just look like a mid-table team. And we we saw something very similar last year. I mean, um, Gosselin's still pitching well outfield working well but the the problem is is getting the runners home and and last year was was no exception to that as soon as uh, Turmanen was uh sidelined through injury the side just disappeared you know that they, they they couldn't score runs they couldn't win games it, they just sank and sank and sank in the table ron what do you uh, make of Partioki this year it was really funny, of course, because if you look at if you look at the tweets, um, vividly, if they were they, they were trying to be cagey about who's going to pitch that day. Like anybody who knows, like Finn, we knew, but like they were like, "Oh, it's this guy named Kari Luke's going to pitch." <laughs> it's just like it's not a real person. Um, I think they're in a weird. I think you know uh, they're in a weird spot. Um, I mean, it's actually the same thing I said about Solyarvi. I think really goes for Arai as well. That. Um, you know, early in the season, you can steal wins that you should, you know, maybe you wouldn't on paper be able to get. They've only played five games and they've got six points from five games. You know, so Nary's played seven and they've got seven. Um, so that's an okay spot to be in. You know, can you can you steal a three point win somewhere in there before the midseason break? Um, can you get one right after? Can you stay in that again? That mid table conversation. Okay, maybe maybe in your heart you're playing for a playoff spot, but realistically, it's probably not going to happen. But so to me, I think being in that mid-table spot at this point in the season is really good. Um, they're giving up too many runs and not scoring enough. So that's that's concerning long-term. But if it's me, again, being in that spot, um, they could be in Costa Corvus' spot. And I think Costa Corvus is a better team somehow, even though they're not getting any results from it at all, um, personally. And so I would hate to be in that spot. So I guess just TBD. Well, I think that'll uh, wrap up the first uh, part of the uh, podcast. Uh, so we'll take a short break. Um, please join us after the break and we'll be finally getting through to our uh, previews, as it were, for the season. Uh, but we'll call them a little bit more of a review as well. Um, and we're taking a trip out west to do so. So we'll be looking at Vimpli, Senioki, Koskan uh, Korva and Kankampa. Okay, uh, so welcome back. Um, we're talking uh, previews still. We've uh, done the south, east, north, which means that we finally get round to finishing this, uh, looking at the west, uh, with Vimpoli, Senioki, Koskan Korva and Kankampa. Now, we're going to start with Vimpoli. Um, there's a lot to really unpack about this team. Uh, they finished third uh, last year. 
and they uh, wrestled a bronze medal um, uh, out of the possible grasp of Joensu at the end of the season last year. Perturuska, of course, rookie pitcher, as it were. He's not a rookie uh, in the game, but uh, in the role of pitcher, uh, he's still growing, uh, still learning the trade. Um, we saw a couple of, of moves uh, out from the team. Uh, not really anybody too worth mentioning. Uh, and again, not really anybody worth mentioning coming in to the team. Sort of sideways moves, moving some young players about there. Their opening games have looked very strong, very confident. Um, a lot of their hitters are finding their stride. Defensively, the team seem to be doing well as well. But as of now, they haven't played a team in the big five. They haven't played Yonsu, they haven't played KPL, they haven't played Mansa, and they haven't played Sotgamo yet. But their next game after the midsummer break will be against Sotgamo. So that will be the real acid test for them, as far as I'm concerned, to see where this team are currently playing at. Um, Ron, obviously... Uh, a big vimply man, as we as we we often talk about. Um, how do you rate the team this year? Taking taking more Miko stance on the show. I'm going to be an objective observer of the games. I'm only watching sport, supporting. I'm supporting in my heart, but in my in my in my voicing, I'm talking a truly neutral fan. Anyway, uh, that now we got that out of the way. Um, I think that I think that it actually it really it parallels to what I said about other teams. Obviously, you know, right now they're in first place because they played more games, but they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Yeah, they lost that one game when Perchu was gone, but but they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. And I think that's what you want to see this early in the season from a team like this, a team that's a team that expects to be in the top four, a team that expects to be in the final. You want to see them. You don't want to just see them winning. You want to see them dominating. What are they doing? They're dominating. They're putting runs on the board. They're beating the snot out of people. And and I don't know how to translate that into Finnish, but uh, but they but, but that's what they're doing. And I mean, and like, there's all their wins this season. Maybe they said they lost one game are all two zero wins. So I mean, they're just going out and they're beating people. And it's just the wins are decisive. And I think you want to see that. And at the end of the day. Okay, sure, you're going to play Sakamo El Clasico. Speaking of El Clasico, I'll be at the one in Sakamo in August. But in any case, it, it, it doesn't... I mean, it, I mean, it'd be great to see how they play against against the better teams in the league, for sure. But I think that it's not a question that they're competitive and they're going to be competitive. Like, you're seeing... This team is better than last season's team. Also, last season's team went on a crazy win streak. And they brought that team back and they're doing the same kind of stuff. They're winning those same kinds of ways. In really decisive ways, and like, and the thing with them is, is they can win every way. They can just blow you out of the park really early, and then take all your, just take the joy out of you really early. They can be down five runs and score seven. They did it today. Like, I was like, literally, you know, second, second set, second Yakso. Their down was it was maybe up one to nothing or something. A few minutes later, it's like six to one or something. Six, to, you know, they, they've they've already scored six runs, or something. So like. Literally every at bat, this team is lethal and scary. And you, and if, if I'm playing them, I wouldn't be excited about it. But certainly watching them, you're like, oh, this is clearly one of the top three teams in baseball, hands down. So I think you've got to be pretty pleased so far in the season. Like they're delivering. Well, there was a lot of talk last year of um, uh, Vimpley maybe not being one of the top 
teams in a bit of a transition period. Uh, and certainly we saw Sotkamo's younger players coming through. Uh, they are perhaps maybe a year or so ahead in the transition period uh, from the, the old guard, uh, the kind of uh, classico uh, period between uh, Vimpoli and Sotkamo. I think, I mean, one more thing I want to say since we were talking about this, and we've waited forever to talk about this. I think that that game against a KPL where they lose, um, or Rahe, sorry, the, when they lost that game, um, it, like, it really shows you the difference of what happens when you have Pertu Ruska in the lineup versus not. Like, the skis, I mean, we obviously know he's the heartbeat of the club at this point, whatever. He's been, this is his fourth season in the majors or whatever. But, like, that, I mean, even just watching, I watched most of that game. It was very clear to me the difference of how they move. Obviously, the weather was terrible for the first half of it, so that's part of it too. And one of my buddies, on, one of Vimpoli buddies online, is like, "Oh, the Vimpoli never plays well in bad weather." And it was very clear that day they just didn't have it that day. But even still, just on the field, the way they played, it was very clear difference of this team moves when he's around. They just walk with a certain confidence that they do not have when he's not around. So he's he's really he's the he's the he's the kingmaker on that team as young as he is which is cool, but kind of wild. So kind of where he goes is where they go. And so sky's the limit. But they have it, – it is very surprising that they've been able to refashion that lineup without having to do the things other teams have done. They didn't go out and make big signings. They're just bringing guys up. You know, uh, Matias Renta-Ajo still playing. <laughs> still on that team somehow. Still out there being competitive and useful. Um, you know, he and Minden had actually – it's been pretty solid um, too. And so, I mean, I, I think it's a really interesting – Interesting, you know, is still playing. Uh, so that's, that's the question for them becomes, can this age, you know, in some cases, you know, sort of mix of aged players with some of the young guard, can they hold up a whole season? Can they, can they maintain this level of quality through a whole season? And more importantly, can they do it in the playoffs when it matters, which last year they could not. They couldn't score key runs. They were dominating all season long. They got in the playoffs and forgot how to hit a baseball. So... What are they going to do to fix that going into August and September? Can they figure that out? And for me, watching them, that's what I'm curious about. Well, I, uh, yeah, I agree entirely with that. I mean, we've just got to wait and see where they where they end up with this. Um, I I coined the phrase Project Vimpoli last year because it was a project, and it was. Uh, I think Ron, you said last year, um, Berto Ruska was learning on the job. Uh, in the role of pitcher. Um, Miko, what do you make of Vimpoli this year? Well, first of all, I think that the transition that they went through last year went way better than I expected I expected it to go. And they, they changed the game manager for this year too. And I, I thought that they would have, like, they would need to have some kind of a period of adjusting, like, to to get the things the, the little things or or even the bigger bigger things adjusted but but it has actually clicked from the beginning and that comes down to the quality of and experience of the players and it it has to be remembered that okay one of the signings that i think we missed over there is like uh, the new game manager brought with him Velibeka Ulihirvela who's a seasoned 
pro, like a five, six time uh, all-star player from Koskenkorva. And he's never won the won a championship. He doesn't play the biggest role in the team. But the guys that you mentioned, for example, uh, Rindaho, he, he entered the league when he was 16. He's still 28. He's only 28. Kalala is like 30. So it's like, what is worrying for the other teams, like in terms of how Sotkamo and Vimbali have gone through these things, are uh, that uh, for both of those teams, when we take a look at their starting lineup, the second oldest player is 30. So it's like they can play with the same core for the next three or four years, and they are already championship contenders. And for me, like long story short, for me, Vimpeli Veto are the Kansas City Chiefs of Betapal. It's like they're they're the most entertaining team to watch at this point. There's like uh, they they are they, they constantly produce some kind of a highlight reel. Like, and it's like whenever teams go to play at Saragenta, it's like. Uh, I I don't normally I just watch the highlights because I know that they're gonna just roll over them and there's not and there's not nothing dramatic happening uh, other than home runs. But I th- think that they're 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 a balanced team. They are they're extremely dangerous, and I want to see them obviously also playing against other top teams, but. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be in the championship contention this year. So, having summed up their their performance and their prospects, uh, we'll move straight on to predictions. Um, I made my predictions early on where I thought they may finish in the regular season and where they will finish um, at the end of the postseason. I thought they may finish fourth in the regular season. Um, but I have them in the championship game. And I mentioned this uh, in the last podcast. I think they'll beat Sotokomo in, in the uh, semi-finals. I think they're gonna, they're destined to meet with them and they're destined to beat them. Um, but uh, as I mentioned last time, I think it was maybe even the time before, that I think Yoen Su uh, will pip them for the championship. But I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one to call. Um, Miko? What, what, what do you uh, predict for them this year? Well, I will stick to my preseason predict- predictions that uh, then I have them third on the regular season and second overall. But the way that they are playing now, I would like I would be tempted to raise them a level further than that. But it's like like we have spoken, they haven't played anybody yet. So it's like the and I don't uh, I don't count the game against Patioke. It was like there were so many things that just it just doesn't count for me to be honest. And if the game against Totkamo is the first one, I'm gonna take a a really close look at. Yeah, I like like I mentioned before. I think the Patioke game meant a hell of a lot more for Patioke just to get that win in the win column than it really mattered for Vimpley at all. Um, Ron, where do you have uh, Vimpley uh, prediction-wise? Uh, I don't know. I Let's just say that they'll finish... Um, they're going to finish um, second. Uh, Sakamoto will finish first and do a classical final. 
bring back bring back twenty sixteen <laughs> <laughs> with its with with its outcome. <laughs> so we'll move from uh, from Vimpoli onto Senioki. Now, uh, last year they started quite well, and then they seemed to go on this massive slide in the season and finished in seventh place overall. Um, to, as we got to the end of that uh, season, it, it seemed as almost they couldn't they couldn't buy a win, they couldn't buy points. Um, since then, of course, we've also seen Henry Poputi uh, leave to go to to Mansa, and Henry Itavalo, uh has gone to Cancampan, uh, Myla. So, uh, some key names leaving the ship, although Itavalo perhaps. Um, not the strongest picture last year. Um, in their place, we've seen a couple of names coming: uh, Hotakainen, uh, Lehtinen, Silimpa, and uh, Mika Antila. I, I haven't been impressed by their games uh, so far this season. I thought they'd probably continue in the vein, the same vein as they did at the end of the season last year. And I, I feel sorry. Uh, for Senioki, because the the whole project um, of Yomiyusid, uh, of, of the merging of the uh, two former teams uh, in the region, hasn't really paid off for them yet. And I, I can't see it paying off this season at all either. I see them struggling this year. Um, I, I'm not seeing the kind of class that, that you'd like to see uh, from a team at trying or supposed to be trying and vying for the top spots and, and for a championship. Miko, what do you rate of Senioki? Well, first of all, I try to be polite here, but they had a project. They, Like you said, they merged the two teams. They are a traditional uh, one of the most traditional places to play Pesapalo in. Uh, they they actually put in a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of they they brought in a lot of quality players, a lot of like great game manager in Sami Petteri Kivimäki, the like the game manager of the championship years of Wimbledon, and and they they really tried, but the project is coming to an end. Uh, the best players have either left or will be leaving, and uh, I I don't see. I mean, all I see is like ruins, They're like for the next year or two. So they will have to start again from scratch, to be honest. And that's that's basically all I have to say about it. Well, it, it's hard to know where to go uh, with a team like that. It, it's it's almost as if they're on a, a sinking ship and they're using a bucket full of holes to to try and pour the water over the side. It, it's just not happening for them. Um, and, and like you say, the there's going to be a struggle in the years to come for them, and and almost a, a crisis of you know what are they as a as a team as a franchise. Um, where do they go? What do they do? Yeah, I mean, w- one thing that I would 
like maybe somebody who doesn't know the situation so well i think that they they have some bright spots over there in their roster like the the pitcher jona lechten is actually a really underrated a really good a really good pitcher and obviously we have like the three time batting king yukka pekkavania back but i would use he him as an example he's uh, at the end of this season he will be 31 and he hasn't finished in the top 3 a single time in his career he has won he's the batting king for like i said for three times what would make what what would make him stay in the franchise in the organization if we think that he would be an mlb player for example and and we that's because they need to rebuild and that if a player wants to win something and he's 31 and he's he's proven to be one of the best in his position he will leave and he will the, the team will have to like really start start from scratch so it's like the i don't see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel for them right now well we saw mansa really shake up the uh the signings uh at the end of the season last year and henry puputi of course jumped ship as it were to go to mansa um whether uh, vani umpire would would join him or, or be uh, looked at from a different team it perhaps doesn't matter but if different teams are starting to take a bit more of uh, an aggressive uh, outlook on how to sign players then there really isn't that much of a, a reason for him to stay in Senioki. Um Ron what do you make of uh, Senioki this year? I'll be I'm positive folks of Senioki here I'm here, I'm here being I'm going to be your life be your friend on this. You know, they played Sakamo tough. The thing is, they can score runs in some of these games. They just can't get over the hump to get the wins. So the question for them is going to be, in this next month, these guys are not leaving this season yet. So the question is, is in the, the easy part of their schedule, these Haminas and you know, Solonyarvis and, you know, Corsican Corvas, can they can, can they win those games? I don't even win decisively. I just need you to, I need you to get some points out of those matches. And if you can do that, now you've got something to build on. That's a big city team. I mean, you know, as far as baseball is concerned, it's not a small town. And so so I think it's good for the game for them to exist. Obviously, they tried this thing. They tried to try different things in a big stadium. Like, I think it's good for the game for them to figure it out. And I'm not, I'm not really willing to write them off quite yet. Um, you know, they beat IPV the other day. Um, except today, actually. And, um, and so it, they've shown that they have the ability to grind out victories. The question is, can they get can they cobble enough of those together this season to be able to? I don't care if you're in your twelfth. Hey, you're staying up. You're staying up. It's just can you pull that off? And I think they have enough quality to do it. The teams we talk about at the bottom of the bottom of the uh, table do not have the kind of even the, the kind of quality or the kind of assets that this team does. And so I'm not quite willing to write them off yet. Well, I think that's a fair point, Ron. You know, um, you, you talk about a lot of the teams at the bottom as well, certainly with with less talent. Uh, on the roster and you know we are we are talking early days in the season after all but um i i personally worry for them their direction where they're going uh, in the future um 
So we'll talk predictions. Last year, they were on the right side of the top eight, uh, finishing seventh. Um, but this year, I have them finishing ninth. I think they're going to miss out. I think there are too many problems for them to fix uh, throughout the season for them to finish in the top eight. It's a competitive year for the top eight, if if ever there was one. Um, and I just don't think that they're going to make the cut. Uh, Miko, where do you have them? Uh, actually, I don't remember if I had them on ninth or tenth, but that's the region, and they they have a they have a smart game manager. They play the game the right way. They have good individuals. It's just there's just something about the core of the whole thing that doesn't like it won't take them any further. Let's just put it that way. But they they are fighting for a playoff spot. For sure. Ron, why do you have them? After all the gloom and doom. You know, y'all said oh, they're a playoff team. Oh, it's a gloom and doom. I think you thought they were worse. Um, to me, they're, they're probably not a playoff team this year. I mean, they could be. But to me, I'd say I think they're in 10th right now. I think that's where they're going to finish. I think that's about right. So we'll move on from Senioki to Koskun Korva, a team who, in my opinion, is probably a step or two further down the road in terms of decline. Um we saw Patrick Walston leave at the end of last season, uh, joining Yonsu. A key loss for them. But just before the season started, we saw a massive <laughs> signing for them. Homecoming for Yari Dahlstrom. And when I put my predictions together, um, that was before that news broke. And I mentioned on another show uh, earlier on whether I really wanted to revise their position. I thought, no, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it where it is. Um, but they, they, they're still struggling. Their outfield is still poor. Um, there, there's not a great deal of positives to say about them at the moment. Uh, when I watched the Vimpoli Koskun Korva game uh, the other day, it looked like two di- different teams from different leagues, um, really. I mean, I know Vimpoli are really on their stride at the moment. They're playing very well, um, top of the table and everything. But I I worry about Koskin Korva very much in the same way that I um, worry about Senioki. Um Yari Dahlstrom, though, he's the kind of player who can win games he can pick up points in games and and that could be enough to keep them in the safer areas in the table but there's a lot of other worrying signs on that side um miko yeah i think that i used all the positivity that i have today for when we were talking about bimbali because the other three teams that we're talking about are in decline that's the that's the honest truth, and uh, they will. I don't see them as a like a team that will be relegated or anything like that. They, I mean, that the, the key players that they have, other than Dahlstrom, they probably have their best season coming up, like in the next two or three years. But whether or not. Koskin Korva are able to hold down to those players. It is another matter. 
if they if they can do that, they they can fight for for a playoff spot or something like that. And up until that, Dahlstrom can he can like he can score enough runs to keep them out of the relegation fight. But all in all, for example, watching them today playing in Brahe, they 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 managed to get a point and uh, played some. So they had some decent spells on the outfield, and Dahlstrom scored two runs, and uh, so it was, it was there like like a good game for them, but but all in all, I would I would say that uh, they they also have had their project over the past maybe twenty years or so, where they were at some point they were uh, like a s- serious contender. For, for medals and even even championship at one at one point, but now it seems that it's pretty much something of that spirit has gone. I mean, they try to play the game in a bold, good way, and the game manager Mikovanio is extremely good in what he does. And he, I mean, he tries to play the game in an active, entertaining way, but. Let's just put it this way: that uh, they have a stadium that holds about two, like twenty five hundred people. Uh, that it can hold that amount, and the average attendance for men's superbus is, is it will be somewhere around fifteen hundred this season. And as of now, in the first two games, in the first two home games. Of Goskin Gorva. They had 360 and 301 spectators in the games. And they, they even had more spectators in the same area in the lower, lower division games. So it's not like they are not interesting anymore. That's the, that's the honest truth. Well, I, looking at the historic uh, stats for Goskin uh, Gorva, um, the last two seasons, they finished down in 11th. But the three seasons before it, Miko, like you say, they were 5th and 6th in, in the regular season. You know, they were regular names and they, they just seem to to just lose their edge and they, they are on that decline. Um, it, it sort of pains me to say it because um, having seen them a few years back, it was, it, it was great to watch them play. But they they are another team, I think, who are in decline. Uh, Ron, what do you think of Koskun Cordova? I want to say about this club, um, their relegation candidates. To me, I do remember the days when they were among the top eight, you know, pretty reliably. Um, shot the Derek Dostrum, uh, but this isn't, it's not, 20, it's not 2010 anymore. So we'll move straight on to predictions for Koskun uh, Cordova. Um, last year, as I just mentioned, they finished in 11th. Um, this year, I have them in 12th. Um, I think that's probably about about right, even with uh, Jared Alström. Um, I think they're, they're just outside the battle of relegation. Um, but, uh, yeah, w- w- we'll see where they finish. Uh, Miko? Yeah, 12th. Uh, without Dahlström, 13th, 14th. Ron? 13th for me. So that leaves us with the final team in our previews, the final team in the West. 
Um, but I can assure you, I I haven't left the best until last, and that's uh, Kankampan Myla. Uh, it seems a bit of a downer to be negating, giving negative comments to all of these teams. But um, again, this is another team that, that really uh, just seems to struggle. Um, I saw an article the other week that, that said this is almost a completely different team for, for three in the last five years. Um, lots of different names and faces, um, but they just don't seem to make it click. And last year, they one of my complaints for them last year was that they, they missed that kind of energy, that kind of electricity about their games. Um, Mikko, you mentioned it about uh, Patioki. Um, this year in terms of the, the, their offence. Um, and for me, there was just that energy missing from Kankampai as well. Um, I I think they're going to struggle this year again. I can't see that the moves that they've made are enough to make the same type of differences as the teams that are around them in the lower part of the uh, the table, teams like Kempele um, in particular. And of course, Mansa, obviously, we've, we've seen them streak right up to the, the top of the table. Um, out from last year, we saw Kortelainen, uh, Hamelainen, and Nico J. Korhonen. Uh, in, we saw Korten Para, uh, Pertuoli, and Henriette Tavalo, as we mentioned, um, from, from Senioki. Um, Miko, what do you want to say about Kankampa? Well, I would also let, add to the list that Yone Itavalo uh, retired uh, from playing. Uh, Araturuska, I don't know if we mentioned him, moved to KPL. So it's like uh, they, they actually lost their three best players uh, after, after last season. And the game manager is obviously a good friend of mine. We work with Mika Kulmala together when we like were promoted with Mazapepe just two years ago. And I'm in contact with him like constantly and discuss stuff with him. But he, he just, to be honest, he has one of the weakest materials in his hands. I, I think that in terms of like material, the... Sibe is the only one that who who probably has worse players, if if we're being honest. And uh, if they manage to avoid getting, if they manage to avoid the relegation places during during the regular season, that 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 alone would take Kulmala for me, like as as one of the candidates for the coach of the season, but. Uh, I I think that also their direction as a franchise as a team is a bit worrying. They are known to like have good youth, like young players coming up from the system. But it's a region that like people are moving out of the region to to bigger cities, and it's like they. When you take a look at the people in the stands, they are the same people that have gone to the games for the past 30 years and you don't see a lot of young faces. And so it's like they 
they I mean they try they try to, to do they are they are there in social media and they do things differently and stuff like that but but if you cannot deliver in terms of like performances on the pitch and getting quality players in what does it matter in the end like if you're missing the end product it's like what's what what where will they be in five years that's the thought in my head i was looking at um as i mentioned the, the historical statistics and wondering how many points per game on average the teams have uh have earned uh, throughout the season to avoid finishing in last place because that that would give them a fighting chance in in a relegation playoff um and on average bottom place is finishing above 0.7 points per game there or thereabouts and until their um three point win uh, over Selignarvi they'd been blanked they 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 hadn't scored a point uh, in their other four games um at the moment they're at point six points per game on average uh, which will fall below what is needed so maybe those extra points that Selignarvi picked up against teams like KPL and Kite will come in handy for them. Um, Ron, what do you make of Kankampa? Uh, not a whole lot more to not a whole lot more to add than what Miko really said. Um, I think this team is actually what you said just from the outset. You're like, you know, watching this team play for the most part is like watching a team in a you know watching a Uko Paces team play against a Super Paces team. Um, and so I, I don't I don't I don't know if that's going to change. Um, like significant disparity in quality from watching them versus watching some of the, anybody else when they play them. So, uh, will they be able to string runs together? Can they? Can they surprise? Maybe, but I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but one thing that I would like to add is that the, their schedule to start the season with was like it, it was stuff of, of nightmares. I mean, uh, it was Sotkamo away and then Wimpeli twice, and then also Gembele away. Those were the first uh, four games that were on the schedule. So if they were flanked in those four games, it's like <laughs> it's it's no wonder. And they they and they had to remove the or they had to delay the game against KPL due to COVID restrictions in at the beginning of the season. So it's like uh, when I spoke with Kulmala before the season began, he said that okay, uh, it's realistically that our season begins from Kempele when we face them away, and they they lost there, but they they don't they are not fighting for a playoff spot. Kempele is, and then when they face the first like uh, the first team in their own weight class, so to say, uh, they they came out with three points. So it's not all doom and gloom. So and they they have young players who who have stepped into big roles now, and who knows? But it's like they are realistic over there. They know that their most important games will be played in late August and early September. As long as they can keep beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, um, and we don't see any um, Mantu surprises 
uh, with uh, Siliarvi, um then th- they should be on track to finish at least above bottom place. Um, moving straight to predictions, last year they finished 13th. This year I have them in 14th um, place, so I don't think they'll be automatically relegated. Uh, that uh, unfortunate title, I think, will, will rest with Siliarvi. Um But I, I think Kankampan Milo are, are going to struggle. I think they will be in a fight to stay up next year, um, and they'll have to do it in the uh, relegation playoffs. Uh, Ron, where do you have them? Miko? I had them on 13th in my season preview, so I'm going to stick to that. Well, that finally wraps up our our previews um, for this season, or partially reviews, as I say. Um, And in fact, that'll do it for this show. Uh, So I want to uh, thank my guests, uh, Ron Bronson. Always a good time to hang with you guys. And Miko Pirhun. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's always a pleasure. And that just leaves me, uh, your host, Ian Alba. Um, if you like what you've uh, heard here, then please like or subscribe to the podcast. There's always new articles coming out on the uh, Super Pesis Roundup uh, blog. That's superpesisroundup.blogspot.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at superpesisr. And believe it or not, I'm also venturing out into Facebook and Instagram as well. So you can also find me there. And occasionally, uh, you will also find me writing articles for the prestigious Portolina website as well. Um, But until next time, we'll see you soon. That's hidden far away Don't be afraid